Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast it is all about you and helping you reach the big goals that you have for your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? And as always, I'm your host, Darren Johnson. Welcome to episode 105. It is really good having you here. If you're here for the very first time, you're not alone. Welcome to the room. Welcome to the show. And if you're back for another episode, many of you have been here since the beginning, welcome back. For everyone, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Imagine the convenience of every Tuesday we drop this episode where it shows up on your phone, you hit play, and you are in. So indeed, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a one. And in this episode, I am your guest. I'm flying this thing solo, and I can't wait to spend a few minutes with you. We are three weeks into the brand new year, and today we are talking some simple strategies to grow your influence and your self-confidence and be known as authentically you. We got a lot to talk about. Let's go. Okay, everyone, welcome to episode 105. It is great having you here. Uh, a lot of new listeners, and because we have so many listeners, I'm going to share with you just a little bit about who you're listening to as a courtesy. By the way, 2023 was an unbelievable year. Let me just give you just a couple of stats. At the end of the year, Spotify does this great thing called Wrapped. I mean, many of you have probably received it for your own streaming, but what music you're listening to. For podcasters, they summarize a lot of great data, but here's what happened. I Dare You podcast, the number of listeners grew by 256%. Incredible. And the number of streams grew by 170%. The number of followers, up 192%. So I share that as a compliment to all of you. You're here, you're listening, you're sharing, and I appreciate you very much. Without you, none of that happens. Thank you. I appreciate you. You've got a lot of choices, and you're here with the I Dare You podcast community, and I don't take that for granted. So welcome back. Welcome to the new year. And because we have so many listeners, here's a little bit about me. I am in Idaho Falls, Idaho. It is God's country out here. We're about two hours away from Jackson, Wyoming, about three hours from Yellowstone, four hours from Salt Lake City. It's a beautiful place to live, especially if you love the outdoors. But we are transplants to the area. My wife, Michelle, and I, we've been married for uh, 34 years. We have three kids. They're all grown. And through the course of my career, we've moved all over the United States. Uh, I have extensive experience in corporate America. I've been a senior vice president of sales for close to 20 years in big public companies and privately held companies. So I have dominant expertise in sales and marketing. I still have a lot to learn, but I'm telling you that my experience has been in that area. And I'm an expert in building high-performing teams and leading high-performing teams, also exceeding sales and profit goals wherever I've been. The bulk of my professional career has been spent in pharmaceutical, medical nutritionals, and leading high-performing teams. And I believe that the, the way to exceed sales and profit goals for companies and individuals is you focus on the people. If you want to have a great performing team, if you want to reach goals that you never thought possible, it is all about the team you have around you. It's about the talent. It's about developing them. It's about selecting the right people. It's about firing the wrong people. And it's about all about the team and the talent. I also have my MBA from Washington University in St. Louis, great school. I also have my master's degree from North Dakota State University in Fargo, also a great school, colder than St. Louis. But I have my master's in communications, and I'm thankful I have a chance to use both of those degrees in my vocation as senior VP of sales. I love it. I'm, I'm passionate also about human connection and relationships and how communication fits into it all. And I believe that life is only as good as the relationships that we have with others. And the foundation of it all, and it's often overlooked, it's candor. 
Quick story for you. Right before Thanksgiving, I got my right hip replaced. It's been bugging me for years. Many of you I know listening have either had a problem with your knees or your hips, and a lot of people have had a hip replaced. Well, I'm now part of that. And I had the anterior hip replacement surgery. And it leads to less pain after surgery, reduced muscle damage. It doesn't, where they go in, it didn't require them to cut any major muscles and faster recovery time. And I did a lot of, a lot of research on this. The doctor in Idaho Falls, who's awesome at it, who did the surgery, he did it such an incredible job. Smaller scar. And I came out of surgery, began rehab right away, and was feeling so good. And my rehab was just going right along. In fact, I was really quite confident and maybe a little bit cocky about how fast I was recovering. I was really happy about it. And I was being very, very careful. Well, here's what happened. I was up in Minnesota on New Year's Eve and for my niece's wedding. And just the night before, they had two or three inches of snow which is never a good thing. But I was being really, really careful. But on New Year's Eve, as I was walking into the community center where my niece's wedding was, I was holding onto my son's arm because I was being really careful. It didn't matter. I slipped on the ice. And I didn't fall, but I jammed my, my, my leg. I jammed my hip, the, the one that I got replaced. And initially I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, I could feel the hip go out and go back in again. Felt a lot of pain in my leg, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I just screwed everything up. Long story short, I made it back to Idaho Falls, went to the doctor, did the x-ray. The hip is fine, but I cracked my femur, which, as you know, that's almost impossible to do, but I did it. So here's what my doctor, my surgeon, who's incredible, here's what he said to me. You got to be on crutches four weeks without any weight on that leg. Four weeks. And here are your crutches eat your Wheaties, and I'll see you in four weeks. That was it. Now, if you're anything like me, I wanted a little bit more information about what else could I do in order to make sure that this bone heals properly, more than just, here's the crutch. Well, because as I mentioned, I have experience in nutrition and wellness, I know this much, the foundation of bone health comes down to three things, adequate protein, collagen, and vitamin D3. Collagen, crucial for bone health, protein, especially when you get older, you got to make sure you get an adequate protein. And that, that plays a key role in bone repair. And the third, vitamin D3, helps in the absorption of calcium and phosphorus, which is vital for bone repair. Foundational parts of making sure that I can heal quickly. But here's the insight I want to share with you. If you want to be a better communicator, what's the foundation of great communication? You don't just address the problem by using crutches in life. Instead, you got to focus on the foundation of what is great communication. What is the base? What is the protein needed in order to form great communication, great relationships? It comes down to candor. And I'm going to spend a few minutes showing you why I believe that is the case. And when you do, when you are more candid in your life, you're going to discover you'll have better communication you're going to have improved relationships because there's increased trust. And maybe the biggest benefit is you're going to be authentic and true to yourself, which ultimately leads to greater self-confidence. You know what I'm talking about. When you look in the mirror, you like who you see because you're being true to yourself. You know, one of my goals for the course of my career has always been to be more candid. It was a challenge for me. You know, I grew up in Minnesota. And there, if you, if you grew up in the Midwest, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, we call it Minnesota nice. And it's also being called maybe a little bit passive-aggressive, where you never really say what's on your mind. <laughs> I was in pharmaceutical sales, and I didn't necessarily need to be super candid. 
as I grew in leadership, as I started to lead teams, as I started to work in corporate America and in home offices and working with others, candor became a real blind spot for me. And I've really tried to work on it year after year. And I want to share some insights, some field-tested things with you that could help you be more candid, whether you are working outside the home or inside the home. You're going to notice a difference. Now, how do you know? How do you know if you're not being candid? Well, here are a few warning signs. If you know that no one knows what you're thinking. <laughs> if you have unclear expectations with people that you work with, you're never quite clear. They never quite know what they're supposed to do. In meetings, do you always sugarcoat what you're saying so much that no one really knows what you're trying to say? <laughs> or you always use weasel words like maybe or perhaps or sometimes. Here's a warning sign. In coaching conversations, you never come out and say exactly where someone can improve. Think of it this way. Clarity is kindness. For example, when you say, Jim, you missed several deadlines. What's behind the misses? That's very clear. It's also very kind. Have you ever been called passive-aggressive? Where people will think that you're agreeing with something, but then after the meeting or some other time, you're saying something else. You're saying something else to others, or you behave differently. You know, one of my favorite books is called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And one of the quotes in that book is to care deeply and challenge directly as a leader. I think it beautifully captures what it means to be candid in the right way. I think it'll help you become the best leader and the best parent, better in everything when you help others tap into their full potential by caring deeply and challenging directly. Now, some of you listening may be thinking, you know what? I'm already candid at work. I let people know exactly what I'm saying all of the time. Here's a watch out for you. I used to work with a gentleman. His name is Mike. And Mike was very candid to a fault. In fact, he was rude. He was more than candid. He was the type of guy that if he did not like the tie you were wearing, he'd say, that's an ugly tie. Or if you came back from Christmas and you maybe put on maybe a few extra pounds, he'd say, you gaining weight? <laughs> so there's a difference between being candid and also having a filter. There's a difference between being candid and just being flat out being rude. And I think you know what I'm saying. And so just do a quick self-assessment. On one side, you may not be candid enough. On the other side, you may be being too candid or maybe just throttle back a bit and be a little bit kind and have that filter about where you're being candid. So here are a couple of easy steps you can take to, to practice becoming more candid. Remember, this is all about becoming better and practicing different things. First, it's called memorizing your lines. You know, I, re I realized in my career that I needed a simple, duplicatable process to hold myself accountable. If I wanted to work in becoming more candid in the workplace, I needed to do that. So here's what I did and do. During the first 10 minutes of each morning, I, I write down my goals for the day in my journal. And this helps me center on what's most important and what I want to accomplish. And there are times in a year where it may flex. For example, sometimes I may want to practice more gratitude. But other seasons of my year, I want to practice being more candid, depending upon what I notice in my own behavior. One of the areas that I found is a great practice area to become more candid is in meetings. Corporate America, or it doesn't have to be corporate America. You could be on a school board or in church meetings or just, just around the, the table at Starbucks talking to friends. To push myself out of my comfort zone and practice being more candid, I brought three questions to every meeting. I had them written down on my daily calendar. And my goal is to say one of these phrases at every problem-solving or decision-making meeting. Here's the first phrase. I can support that decision. And here's why I like where we're landing. It forced me to explain why I liked it. The second one is this. I can't get behind the decision. And let me explain why I'm not there. 
I'm going to say it again. I cannot get behind the decision. And let me explain why I'm not there. The third is I'm not ready yet to get behind the decision. Here's what's missing for me. Now, I didn't recite these phrases exactly verbatim all the time, but I used variations to see which ones worked in group settings or in one-on-ones. And and because I knew I was going to be using one of those phrases and I needed to articulate what I liked or what I didn't like, it forced me to listen more closely, take better notes, and formulate my thoughts. And what happened as a result? Because I was more engaged, I felt my confidence grow as as I became more comfortable articulating my thoughts. And those around me, they noticed the increase in candor. So right now, think about your day and the meetings you're at, and you have an opportunity to weigh in on something, whether you agree or disagree. And, And how often do you step into that, or do you just stay quiet? Easy to do. And think about how just being more candid and memorizing your lines will not only help you, but also others around you are going to say, what's going on? I like that. I like that side of you I haven't seen before. Now, as a leader, message to you leaders, you're leading meetings all the time. Have you ever ended a meeting saying, okay, are we good? And there's just blank looks. And you're never quite sure if the group is with you or they're not. Who agrees with you and who doesn't? So speaking of memorizing your lines, you need as a leader to ask the question. You know what the question is? Here it is. Okay, guys, we're going to go around the room, and I want to hear from you. What are the top three reasons why this idea won't work? And as we go round robin around the room, that forces everyone there in a very safe environment to say what everyone's thinking. Here are the reasons why this won't work. Step one, two, and three. When that's done, I then ask the question, okay, great, thank you. Now I want your top three reasons why this will work. And it's fascinating to get these perspectives that normally you would never hear. Why is it happening? Because you're giving permission to be candid. And as a leader, perhaps the biggest gift you can give to others is to give them that safe opportunity, that safe platform, that safe space to weigh in without any kind of fear retribution. And you're going to watch their confidence will grow in themselves. And others will also say, man, that's a, that's a great point. I didn't think of it that way. The point is that giving candid feedback, it does not come naturally for most people for a lot of reasons. But when you create safe spaces for everyone to be seen and heard, it's going to lead to better decisions for you as a leader, but also it's going to develop your team. And it's going to model what constructive candor looks like in action. Another great question to ask at meetings is you go around the room and you say, what do you love about the idea? and what you loathe about the idea, and why. Again, creating safe spaces. Memorize your lines. Memorize the questions. So if all this makes sense, why is it then that we, at times, in your career or with different people, you are more candid than others? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? It comes back to lack of trust. When we feel safe, we're just more likely to speak our minds without fear of repercussions. And I found that with myself. I'm more candid with people I trust and felt safe with, I'll give you an example. I used to work for, uh, for Jim, uh, not his real name, but a manager with significant influence over my career. And my primary goal was to stay on his good side. And I never, never trusted that he wouldn't hold a grudge or use my comments against me in some way. As a result, I was never very candid. I think you can relate. Conversely, I worked for Karen, and that is her real name. I I knew that she always had my back, and I trusted her implicitly. With Karen, I felt comfortable and candid. So I want you to think about the relationships in your life where you are the most candid. And I suspect you're going to find a relationship of high trust there as well. 
So here's what you can do. Invest in your work relationships just as you do in your personal relationships. If you want a healthy relationship with your manager or those you work with, communicate with them often. Grab lunch, meet for coffee, schedule routine one-on-ones where the communication level is high and your relationship grows. And doing so is going to help you feel more comfortable being candid. And the last takeaway, everyone, is to beware of narcissists or those who exhibit narcissist behavior. And right now, a lot of you are listening are working for a narcissist. Or in your career, you will. So as you practice being more candid, be mindful about how others could potentially use this against you especially if you're working for a narcissist. When you're really candid with a narcissist, they will tend to give off the uh, perception that they're listening and they care and a lot of empathy, when in actuality, they're just trying to determine who's on their side or looking for a chink in their armor to use against you at a later time. Now, you may think that's cynical, and I understand that. But for those who have worked for a narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Narcissists or leaders who practice narcissist-type behaviors will often use candor as a weapon. For example, the exercise about the top three reasons why this won't work, a narcissist will use that to determine who's on his or her side, who's with me and who's against me. And that is not the type of leader you want to be. That is not the type of leadership style that creates trust and full candor in an organization. So as leaders, you have the power to influence so many lives, and I want you to really internalize that and own that and take it seriously. It's a huge responsibility. You have influence over so many lives and use it for good by being the type of leader that invites candor and does not use it as a weapon. Okay, that's what I want to share with you. We're three weeks into the new year, and being more candid, practicing that in our personal and professional life, is going to help you go further, faster. So your I dare you challenge is to take some bold actions this week. Become more candid. Memorize your lines and ask those questions. And others are going to notice a shift in how you're leading, and you will notice as well, and your confidence will grow. Do it this week. Do it for the next 30 days until it becomes a habit and you've trained your brain. And your reputation is going to grow as not only being a candid leader, but one with influence and impact. And someone that cares deeply and challenges directly. And others are going to want to follow that type of leader. And they're going to aspire to be that type of leader. And I know, being candid, it's not always the easiest path. But it is a path that allows you to become the most authentic version of yourself and the best leader that you can be. If this episode resonates with you, I invite you to share with others. Those that may benefit from this type of a message. It could be friends or family or colleagues. Or maybe it's your leadership team you're working with that wants to practice being more candid with one another and increase that trust level. Now, if you follow us on Instagram, at I Dare You Pod, drop me a DM. I keep up with all my messages. I love your feedback. Always do. Love to engage with you. Let me know what you think of this episode and how your journey in being more candid is helping you. In a lot of ways, not being candid is just a crutch. So practice that. Lose the crutch. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. you got a lot of choices. You're driving the growth of this podcast, and I appreciate you so much. Get ready for episode 106 next week. It's going to be another great one, I guarantee. I'll see you back here next week on I Dare You Podcast. I'll meet you there.